Listener note, this podcast was created as an adjunct for those studying for the PCS exam. By no means do we guarantee that one will pass the exam solely by listening to this podcast. We encourage all those studying for the exam to put the appropriate time and effort into their studying using resources recommended by the ABPTS and the APTA. It is not allowed to discuss test content and we will not accept any questions related to test content. While we will do our best to provide the most accurate information, if you feel as though we have stated something that is incorrect, please contact us via Instagram at Pushing Pediatrics. Hi, I'm Sheila. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to Pushing Pediatrics, an educational podcast for physical therapists created to help those studying for the Pediatric Certified Specialist exam and anyone else interested in learning more about pediatric physical therapy. Welcome to your first Fact Sheet Friday. We think the APTA fact sheets are such a great resource and we want to highlight them for you because they are so vital in your test preparation. We're not going to discuss every single fact sheet, but we did pick out what we thought were the main ones worth talking about. I will link the website in the episode description, but make sure you're making use of this resource. This episode is just a taste of the goodness you can get from it. I'm going to start with an amazing fact sheet first. Teaching, learning, and assessment in clinical reasoning. Clinical reasoning is not only vital in your career, but it will be a huge part of your exam. Clinical reasoning is really just thinking and decision-making. You are taking in all of the variables, and with that information, you come to a conclusion that you think is the best. Remember, in the test situation, don't add in variables or information that they didn't provide you. Answer the question based on the information provided in the question. Nothing more, nothing less. This came up frequently during our practice questions, both from MedBridge and PCS Advantage and in the PCS Advantage prep course that we took as well. Specifically, in pediatric physical therapy practice, a focus on and collaboration with the family unit is the foundation of clinical reasoning. Patient family-centered care, we've heard it a million times. There is a great chart in this fact sheet outlining two main types of clinical reasoning. Hypoetico-deductive, that's type 2 deductive reasoning. This is often used by novices because you generate your theory based on the results of tests and measures. You then test your hypothesis. Experts may need to rely on this type of reasoning when they're presented with a particularly difficult or novel case. The other type, pattern recognition, is type 1, inductive reasoning. It is used primarily by experts because experts can recognize patterns and then they're able to quickly retrieve the relevant information that they need. The fact sheet then offers a great case example using both of the above reasoning methods to further explain these clinical reasoning techniques. So how do we teach clinical reasoning? Well, similarly to how we help our kiddos with learning a new skill, we provide assistance tailored to meet the needs of the learner, and then we slowly start to fade our support. The fact sheet discusses that offering a roadmap is a helpful way to support a novice learner. Things like the ICF model or clinical practice guidelines are great ways to help a novice learner categorize knowledge to help them make decisions. 
Supporting inductive clinical reasoning requires the learner to dive deep into reflection. Asking good and purposeful questions is important. And the fact sheet states that what if questions are great for pulling out knowledge. As you prepare for this exam and beyond, we hope that you start to feel a shift from deductive reasoning to more inductive reasoning. The next fact sheet we're going to talk about is using APTA's Guide to PT Practice 3.0 in the pediatric setting. We talked briefly about using the Guide to PT Practice 3.0 in a previous episode, but I will touch on it again. The guide provides a framework for clinical decision-making in physical therapy. To provide high-quality pediatric physical therapy services and education, and to pass the PCS exam, therapists need to consider the guide 3.0. In episode seven, we reviewed the components of the guide. Remember, we described the six elements of the patient-client management model. Those were examination, evaluation, diagnosis, prognosis, intervention, and outcomes. We reviewed all of these terms and definitions in that episode, so definitely go back to episode seven and check that out if you need a refresher. Pediatric physical therapists support children and families to actively engage throughout all elements of the process of care. Remember, patient-family-centered care. We as therapists make decisions all of the time based on the six elements discussed, and the guide is a great way to help us be good decision makers and good test takers. The next fact sheet is CPGs and references for best practice. For the CPGs and references for best practice fact sheet, it's pretty self-explanatory. This sheet gives you a list of references and resources for clinicians to use to find information to promote best practice. There are hyperlinks to connect you to each website. It also gives you suggestions on how to navigate through the sites because the sites can be relatively overwhelming. For example, next to Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, the fact sheet suggests looking at the practice parameters. Keep in mind that not all of the CPGs that you should be studying for the exam are listed on here. Two of note that the APTA Academy of Pediatric Physical Therapy have developed so far are for torticollis and developmental coordination disorder. Have we mentioned how important CPGs are yet? The next fact sheet talks about motor development variations across cultures. This one was super interesting just in general. The fact sheet begins by giving a definition of culture and variables that are known to affect motor development. However, it focuses on cultural variations in motor development as related to a variety of cultural-based factors, such as caregiving practices. The fact sheet then goes on to describing cultural-based variations in gross motor development using a table that is very easy to read. According to the fact sheet, it is important for pediatric physical therapists to be constantly considering the child's family and cultural background and caregiving practices. One example from the table is that infants in Jamaica have been shown to skip crawling. According to the fact sheet, this is because in Jamaican culture, crawling is seen as primitive and demeaning, while in European and American societies, it promotes early independence of mobility. The fact sheet then goes on to explain the implications for physical therapy. 
The main point is that infants that come from different cultural backgrounds may have different developmental trajectories than a child born in the United States. It isn't uncommon to come across people from different cultures in our practices. It is important to be thoughtful of differences so you can best tailor your treatment to what is meaningful to the family. There is a nice flow chart for your viewing pleasure on the fact sheet that has some helpful reflection questions in the areas of examination, evaluation, diagnosis, and intervention. At the bottom of the fact sheet, it states the following. Don't assume that the families adhere to cultural norms. Ask the parents or caregivers what is important to them. I feel like that is a really important concept to think about when you're answering a question on the test that might have to do with something that you're coming up with for a patient. I just, I feel like that type of question is like ringing a bell from practice exams where it's really looking at the question and figuring out what the caregiver's priorities are. We can't wait to bring you more important fact sheet knowledge next week. Thank you all so much for listening to Pushing Pediatrics. You can follow us on Instagram at Pushing Pediatrics. We would love to hear from you. So send us questions, suggestions, things you want to hear more of, and things you'd maybe want to hear less of. We will talk to you guys next week. And remember, you totally got this.